What's going on, guys? So just a little PSA. This is episode one of two. So episode one drops today, uh, May 1st, and then part two drops next week on May the 8th. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Have a great day. Say hey. Hey. What's up? What's up? So before I start the recording, um, we just got back from vacation. And when I went to go look at the video to try to edit it down a little bit, um, I see that the video is really distorted. So there's not really any issue with the audio, but the video, uh, at least on Micah's side, is a little bit blurry. Um, so I don't know if we just had a bad connection or what it is, but if you're watching it on YouTube, um, his camera is a little bit blurry. So with that being said, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Have a blessed day. Say bye. Bye. Hey, peace out. Uh, no. No? So despite this episode coming out two or three weeks after Easter, this is going to be kind of our Easter episode here, but we'll see. Me and Micah were talking before we started recording. You never know where, when you are inviting the Holy Spirit into a conversation, you never know where it might take us. So we're going to see. Well, I think we're going we're gonna to try to touch on Easter a little bit today, but I'm joined today by my man, Micah Davis. Micah, how you feeling, man? I'm great. Doing great. Good, good. I'm excited to have you on. I'm sorry, go ahead. There's a slight delay, so we're we're, we're working with that. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, But yeah, I was just saying, uh, Micah's got a podcast. You can kind of see the uh, sign behind him, the Road Home Podcast. You kind of want to talk a little bit about that real quick? Uh, Yeah, we're just uh, just, – a few guys we get together here, uh, me and two other guys, we get together and we uh, talk about the Lord and just a lot of scriptural things and biblical theory. We get into a lot of biblical theory and uh, we sort of ask questions and a lot of historical sort of information. We like to get into stories and stuff like that. That's maybe other people wouldn't think about. And maybe even scripture, we kind of hit scripture from maybe from an angle that hadn't been sort of dealt with before but that's kind of what we're about and it's all about you know just kind of getting us back to the basics of what it's all about not uh not worrying about the the fringe part of faith but you know back to the center back to the cross back to everything that it's all based on i mean that's that's the main reason is you know to point us home and i apologize if there is like a lot of noise going on we have a major highway right here next to us and it's i'm telling you it's crazy <laughs> no it's all good it's all good it's, it's uh no nah, it's, it's all good we'll work with what we got but uh yeah i love i love what you guys are doing over there you know it's one of those i listen to a lot of podcasts because i'm a truck driver and um every tuesday whenever y'all put out a new episode it's one that i gotta i gotta listen to right away i love love what you guys are doing the heart behind it and just i, I love the like you said kind of the angle of going at scripture away maybe some people don't think about it because you 
a lot of times when you read scripture, there's there's that whole other side to it where not just looking at it from these different angles, but context, understanding how far removed we are from scripture and how it's a different culture and everything like that. And, and just the way that Jesus spoke about different things, understanding that the people that he was speaking to in that moment, the things that he said, they knew what he was saying right at that time, but we can read it so far removed and be like, why is this such a big deal? You know what I'm saying? So um, I love yeah. the angle that you guys take as far as that goes. Right. And I think sometimes with scripture, we make it such a big, I don't want to say it's sacred, it's holy. Uh, but we also want to look at it from a perspective that these people who lived in that time were just people like us. Exactly. So like we live in the century we live in, but that doesn't change the fact that we're human. And just like the apostles of old or maybe Moses or Elijah, whoever it is we're talking about, it's all going to be based in that struggle between humanity and being spiritual and being uh, connected to God. And that's where it's all about. But that's kind of, like I said, that's what we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and two, I was, I was just talking to a guy about that the other day that how, you know, people put all these great heroes of the faith kind of on a pedestal and act like, well, that's something that's, that's not attainable. But then you like, you have to, understand that Satan is at work too, not wanting us to understand the dominion that we have rightfully been given going back to Easter through the price that Jesus paid on the cross. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's that whole, it's the whole story part. You know, you talk about, I don't want to get crazy, but like we like it to kind of like star Wars. You, you, you know how star Wars, you have these different parts to the, to the picture, you know, within the story, there's like first order, you know, different times within this whole story that you can hit on, but it's all linked with the whole good versus evil thing. And that's why, like with Easter, like with the crucifixion and the resurrection, it's that moment in time where everything hinges on. Mm -hmm. It all comes together on that moment. It's like, uh, <laughs> there's it's just like there's a compass here and we're putting this this uh we know the direction you the old testament new testament everything is connected old covenants new covenant is put together because of this one piece of the story that is the catalyst for everything that we do and why we live the way we live today and really why we are the way we are and like me and you talking about the scriptures well that's just you know we're not just talking about theology there is a it's a relationship not just between me and god or you and god but between me and you mm -hmm. and how that we perceive this story mm -hmm. and it's global it's it's political it's uh so many different angles you can hit from it's prophetic yeah. it's it's all these elements together and, you know, you can talk about the different ways of dissecting scripture and all that. But the main thing is it's a story mm -hmm. and it's where we break from that. We take pieces in context, of course, but we take right. pieces of those stories and we we paint the bigger picture. And if you get a perspective, you know, from heaven's view, you can see everything. The timeline is all put together. Right. So 
back to the Star Wars reference, if you see the if you see the timeline, you can pinpoint. Okay, there's Moses. There's Elijah. Oh, there's Joseph. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see the bloodline of Jesus coming into focus. Here's Jesus. Then he starts pulling it all together, and it's like the stitch just starts tightening up, and it it just comes together in a perfect scene. And it, that's that's what drives me. I get I see all these connections. And it, it just drives me to, that's why I study the word. I get so into it, but that's what gets me going. Yeah. I'm sure it is for you too. Cause you, oh, yeah. it's interesting. It it's is. so interesting. It's not boring. <laughs> no. It's not, it's not something you throw away. It's, it's alive. And I mean, I'm, I'm stoked about it. So yeah. as you can tell, but <laughs> oh, man, it's awesome. That's good. That's good. And, and I, went through the whole new Testament last year and just tried to go slowly through it, breaking down. I've said it before on the podcast, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I literally, so I went back starting um, this year and I'm in my Bible. There's only been this, this year. I'm just talking about this year in particular. I, I maybe have missed maybe three or four days because of whatever, you know, circumstances happen. Sometimes you can't get into the word, but I am generally in the word every single night before I go to bed. And I was just trying to slowly, dissect the book of Genesis. And I just got done last night and I started in December, you know what I'm saying? Or January. So four months of it being in one book and I got so much out of it and just seeing these different stories and seeing the way God was working in each and every one of these stories. And just the way I would read scripture and things would be revealed to me that I never even thought about before, or to see the struggle, like for instance, of like Jacob, um, you know, even though he had these real life encounters with God, like when he wrestles with God, he still goes back to his old ways where he's he's wanting to send a gift to Joseph before the brothers go back, just like he wanted to send a gift for Esau in Genesis chapter 32. You just look at these different moments like that. And all it does is just give us hope. And it's just it's exciting. I'm like, I want to get I'm ready. to. I'm getting into Exodus tonight. And I'm like, I cannot wait to see what's in there next for me, because I grew up with this stuff. Yeah. But when you truly get into it for yourself, it's just like, goodness gracious, I was missing out on so much that I just took for granted and said, you know, I already know these stories. Why do I need to get back into them? Well, because you don't really truly know it for yourself unless you are getting into it. You can't take your Sunday school teacher's no. faith. You can't take your parents' faith. You have to get it for yourself. No. Right. And you yeah. can become a nerd, too. <laughs> Dude, yeah. My wife, she makes fun of me all the time about that. But uh, Okay, so um, we're going to keep going. This, this, is, this is fun right off the bat. But we, I got to do, anytime I got a guest on here, I have the big three. So um, we're going to oh, do that. Yeah, yeah we got to do that. We got to do that real quick. Ten, ten minutes in. Um, OK, so <laughs> question number one. So speaking of nerds, my wife, um, she just got real big on Rubik's Cubes here recently. Um, so, OK, hopefully I'm, I'm going to be able to read this question right. So if you had to stay in a, uh, stay in jail for a year or stay in jail until you solved a Rubik's Cube, which one would you choose? Mm. You know, I'm going with a Rubik's Cube. I could, I, I'm going to peel the stickers off and I'm going to make it work. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, my, my wife. It's not quick. It's going to happen. My, my brain doesn't work like that. I can't, you know, she's flipping it around and stuff. And I'm like, that's not for me. She does yeah. that. And the, uh, what's the one where you got all the different numbers and you got to put the, all the numbers together? Oh, yes. Yeah, the next, it's a different shape too. Whatever it's, it is. Yeah. She does all that yeah, stuff. Whatever. I mean, 
whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so, so uh, question number two, um, if you could make one restaurant a buffet, which would it be? Hmm. That's a, that's a wild one. Cracker Barrel. There you go. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Cracker Barrel. They need a buffet. Yeah. That's they need some, a buffet, man. They, yeah, they do. They do. They're, they're getting... Man, around here, they're getting rid of all the buffets. <laughs> I don't... Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, when I was but, younger, we that's what we would do on like a Sunday afternoon. We'd go to like mm-hmm. a Golden Corral or exactly. Ryan's or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was like big the yeah. ice cream machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have... Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's one Golden Corral semi close to where I live. But as far as buffet goes, I mean, there's, there's like a random Chinese buffet or something like that, but they don't have the Ryan's anymore around here. I don't even think they have no. CC's pizza anymore around, around here. So it's, it's crazy. There's one. I've, I've had CC's once. Yeah. That was good. And that was out of state, but that was, that was really good. Yeah. We when you know, as you get older, um, I think I'm a couple years older than you, but as, as I get older, I see things that I did in my youth. And I'm like, how did I do that? Whenever I was in high school, I played basketball and we would go, me and my friends and load up on CC's like before practice or before again, we go to the buffet and eat a bunch of pizza and then go play basketball. And I'm like, I can barely even walk back to the car now without, you know, catching a cramp or getting, you know what I'm saying? So, um, okay. So question number three, um, one of your favorite vacation memories. Oh, I've got a few of those. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, me and my family, maybe not so much as we got older, but a few times, uh, we would always go down to Orlando in, uh, usually around like my birthday times, so like September. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just so many different times I can just think of that. And we would always just be together. A lot of times I can remember this one memory. Now let me think about this. This will get you. Uh, we were in one of the hotel rooms and, uh, it was my aunt or my sister one. I can't remember. Uh, but they went to put their shoe on yeah. as we were getting ready to leave out of the hotel room. And there was a frog <laughs> that somehow got inside the shoe. <laughs> nice. And they stuck their foot in the shoe and there was a frog. Well, that they jumped out of their skin evidently. Yeah. And uh, so all through the rest of the vacation, we would take the hotel, like the coffee cups, yeah. and we would stick them into the shoes so that <laughs> we wouldn't have that problem. So protection after oh, that. man, that's funny. That, you, that was, she should have kissed it. Maybe it would have turned into a prince or something. Sure. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we're going, we're actually going to Orlando later on this month where we're able to, thankfully, to get a little time off. I'm going to go down there and uh, take the kids to Universal and all that stuff. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, yeah you got so, to have, have some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, um, this is the second podcast I've recorded this week. You, you know, t- with work and everything like that, and I have four kids, I try just to do one a week. That's really all I can do. But I've been trying to, um, kind of bulk record a little bit just so when it is time for us to go on vacation, I'm not having to do anything. I'm just focusing on the family, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's the big three. Um, usually I say that's to kind of get the ball rolling, but we're, we're already rolling. So uh, let's, let's, um, let's just do I, one thing I wanted to, to kind of touch on a little bit is because like I said, I am a fan of your guys' podcast 
And um, mm-hmm. this past week, you were you said something that was really interesting to me, and it was the fact that, and I was wondering if you can kind of like talk about it a little bit, how when Jesus on um, Good Friday, once Jesus is, you know, crucified, and then he's, you know, dead for three days, we all know the story, and he's risen again on Easter. Mm-hmm. But during those three days, you know, he goes down and he preaches, right, to the to the lost souls. And then you brought up the possibility of, and I'm really interested about this, um, the possibility of maybe he even ran into Judas and was able to preach to him. Preach to him. It's possible. So yeah. this is what I call biblical theory. This is biblical yeah. theory. This is it. maybe it, it's alluded, but it's not necessarily there. But the word says, I think it's first Peter, uh, that Jesus went and preached to those who were held in prison. It doesn't actually give us the word hell, but based upon the context, it is hell. Uh, because the prophecy says that in three days, three nights in the heart of the earth, heart of the earth was the prison of hell at that time. Uh, the whole picture of where Judas goes and unfortunately kills himself. The Bible says he sought for repentance, but couldn't find it. So after he betrayed Jesus, he gives up his life. And then Jesus at the same time, him and a thief on the cross are having a conversation and they're all going to die. That's mm-hmm. what's cool. It's a level plane of death right there. I mean, it's all, everybody's going to die. <laughs> Everybody in this whole picture is dying. You got the thief on the cross. You have Jesus and the other thief, which for some reason, we don't really talk much about the other guy. But the one guy who says, you know, remember me, he says, you'll be with me in paradise. So evidently we're going somewhere after this is over with. So they go to the heart of the earth. We know, you know, they put Jesus in the tomb, roll the Mm -hmm. stones, seal it up. Everything. It's like, you know, started. Here it comes. The unknown. <laughs> While he's, according to First Peter, he's preaching to those spirits who are disobedient in the days of Noah. Specifically, it talks about the people in the days of Noah, which I think is cool in itself. Yeah. But perhaps, maybe, as Judas has killed himself, he goes to hell, mm-hmm. is on his way to hell, wherever the soul, the spirit divide at that point. I have no idea. Maybe they met each other and maybe that they saw each other going different directions. And maybe, you know, they passed each other as they were going by. Judas knew Jesus. See, we talk about, you know, he was the betrayer. Judas knew Jesus. Jesus knew Judas. It was it was a relationship, close relationship, so close that he was the one sitting next to him at the Last Supper. So they knew each other. So, like I said, maybe, maybe in the realm of the unknown, somewhere in the mysterious realm of biblical theory, Judas and Jesus passed each other or met with each other. Or even Jesus preached the gospel to Judas, which I don't want to open a can of worms, but maybe that's possible. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about, too, because – what uh, I understand and, and anybody that knows anything about the Bible and Judas, how Judas portrayed Jesus, but Peter did the same thing. The only difference was Peter didn't kill himself. Right. Right. So right. 
I, I don't know. It's just when you said that, it just got my my engines kind of sparking a little bit because I love I love stuff like that. I love and like like you said earlier, that's yeah. what is so interesting about the Bible is these the things that's not in the Bible sometimes is those stuff that's more interesting because you're like, what does this mean? What did this mean? And when when people say that actually I was having a conversation with a guy the other day and he was saying being a Christian doesn't involve work. Being a Christian is just you're mindlessly following a cult leader. And I'm like, it, it takes more work to be a Christian than to just be a person of the world because the world just gives you whatever yeah. you want, whatever makes you happy. However you feel that is what is most important. But being a Christian is literally like it says in the word, dying to self, putting yourself on that cross, putting your fleshly and earthly wants and desires, crucifying them to that cross and saying, I'm giving up my life to you, Jesus. Like here I am. Use me. What do you need? It's, it's work, you know, it's work. And you know that just as well as I do, it's, it's way more work following Christ than it is just following your own wants and desires, you know? Yeah. And something I have been seriously looking at the scripture, Jesus, long before he gets to the cross, he tells his disciples that if any man will deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. And in the picture of the crucifixion, as the Via Della Rosa, as Jesus is carrying the cross to Golgotha, uh, which, by the way, is not a hill. <laughs> it's not a hill. You know, I know we always talk about it's a hill. It's, it's yeah. not a hill. You can ask anyone who's been to Israel. It's not a hill. But uh, as he's taking the cross to Golgotha, he's unable to carry the cross. So he has Simon, mm. uh, not Simon the disciple, but Simon right. uh, the onlooker, <laughs> as he was coming by, and he carries the cross. And so I'm like, okay, why did Jesus, God in flesh, say, um, if any man is not able to deny himself and take up this cross and follow me, he's not worthy. But yet when it comes down to it, he does not carry the cross all the way. So it asks, it gives me a question like, what does that really mean? What does it really mean to carry a cross? Mm. You know, some people, when they say, uh, I'm going to carry a cross, or you, you're just carrying that cross around, it's like you have a cause or you have a purpose. You know, it's like, you know, you're carrying a cross of this political ambition or maybe this certain whatever it may be, yeah. charity, whatever it is, you're carrying a cross. It's not a couple. I don't believe that we look at that as the way it should be. The same way, I don't think we understand what it means to be crucified with him. Yeah. I mean, I want to know more about that myself. Yeah. To be crucified with Christ. But yet we live. Yet we don't live. It's him in us living. And that's that's the best part. But what does that really mean to pick up, for me, to pick up a cross and follow him? Because I'm not going to be able to pay the price that he paid. Yeah, but he says I'm able to carry the cross, but even he wasn't able to carry it all the way. So there, that's another that's a question there. That's one of those questions. What does that really mean? I mean, that's something you can get into uh, maybe some uh, deeper conversations. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I love this kind of stuff, dude, because I, one of the um, attributes of a leader is someone that asks question, uh, questions, right? Because 
you're you're not just asking questions for no reason. You're legitimately trying to find out answers because you want to when when somebody comes to you and they have a question or if you know there's there's someone that's a non-believer and they're trying to find out answers, you want to be able to answer those questions. So I love I love the way that your mind works, the way you're you're saying some of this stuff because it it is true. We don't truly understand like I told my wife the other day, she was asking me about the thing that I learned um, like the, the biggest thing that I learned through my podcast. And I told her just how little I know. That's the biggest thing that I've learned. Like, I feel like I literally know nothing. I, and I'm in the word, you know, every day I, I, I try to listen to as many sermons as I can mm-hmm. while I'm at work and, and things like that. And, you know, like the Bible says, it's what is, is it first Thessalonians five sixteen? you know, like uh, pray without ceasing. And so, like, I, I try to do that, try to make sure that I'm const- in constant communication with God best that I can. Yeah. And then you read something else in Scripture and you're like, man, I didn't know. I don't know anything. What, do I? you know, and so it's just it's so interesting to think about that and how. Jesus, too, even when he was here, the fact that if you look in like Jewish, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, like Jewish tradition, like the 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 people in that day, and I, I think even nowadays, but it was like for a Jew, it was common for them to answer your question with a question. And so it's just interesting to know that Jesus was born into that type of community that it's like, I'm not just going to yeah. give you spoon feed you all the answers. You got to find some of this out yourself. Yeah. And as Christians, um, I don't know what, your experience has been, but especially growing up in church, uh, I thank God I was allowed to ask questions. There were so many uh, younger people, especially like in the younger generations, that they've kind of been told, you know, if you if you question your faith, then you really don't have what it takes to believe. That was me. But honestly, I think if, if you ask a question and you're willing to seek that you're you're in a better position to believe than somebody who just oh we just believe this because we believe this well that's for me that's not good enough i've got to have i've got to know why and how and where and when and that's i mean that's why i have uh i mean as you can see i mean i just <laughs> you've got to search yeah. you've got to search yeah. that's why jesus said you know seek you're gonna find knock it'll be answered Ask, receive. If you're if you're hungry for him, you're gonna find him. And like you're saying, with the rabbi tradition, which was to ask the question, and they would answer with another question, which would only further the search. Yeah. You know, I, I did a I did a, a thing one time, uh, like I don't know if it was a Bible study or what it was, on the search. Not only man's search for God, but God's search for man. God, uh, in John, uh, John four, when the woman at the well, uh, Jesus talking to the woman at the well, it says that the Father seeketh such to worship Him. You know, we we have a pursuit of God, but He's looking for us just as much as we're looking for Him, if not more. I mean, it, does that not blow your mind? Which that's the whole reason that Jesus came in the first place. For God so loved the world, you know. That's the whole reason, which like, do we, um, the whole, the old, uh, what do you call it? 
I'm a mind went blank. What's the word? A cliche. Yeah. That he didn't, I, I didn't find him. He found me. That's the truth. Like that's, that's the absolute truth. Like we're looking for God and everything, but he's looking for us and he's looking for us intentionally to where maybe we, we will stumble up upon him, you know, just in our lives and our testimony will stumble upon him, but he's looking for us and he's looking for people that's going to seek after him. And that's, I mean, that's what the whole gospel is about anyway, is a relationship between there's man, God, reconciliation, atonement, redemption, adoption, all coming together, seeking, you know, looking for him and asking those questions that have to be asked. Like, uh, who is God? Like, that's a deep question. <laughs> uh, what is the gospel? Uh, did Jesus really raise from the grave? Uh, was the crucifixion a real event that did take place? Uh, was Noah's Ark actually a thing? Was creation actually a six-day period? Things you should be able to ask. You know what I'm saying? It's not a... Uh, I get asked a lot of questions. A lot of questions. People ask me questions all the time. But sometimes when they ask you a question that you know, if you answer it and you just give them an answer, they're just, they're just going to stop the search. We should, we should all have that sort of Indiana Jones flavor to us where we're willing to go follow the clues, look for the little, the little hints here and there till we uncover what's been hidden. The Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the, uh, it's the glory of kings to go search it out. So we're kings, mm, we're priests, we're good. all priesthood. We're supposed to go search things out. So, like, when I get into my Bible study, and my Bible reading plan, uh, I don't have one. So, <laughs> I, I'm a little I'm a little different. Like, I'll get, like, one little scripture, and I'll be thinking about that for a long, long time. And then I'll go, and I'll just, like, binge read a whole big bunch of stuff on this, and I'll start connecting dots, which might not work for some people, but it works for me. So, like, I'm connecting the dots the same way when I start looking at the uh, – for instance, the crucifixion. Yeah. If you look at the cross and the tops and the shadows, um, to maybe you can talk about this, the scapegoat in the Old Testament, uh, the scapegoat, which was the two goats that the priest would set aside, and on one he would kill the one goat, and the other he would uh, set free. Mm-hmm. Well, the priest would lay their hands on the living goat and would confess the sins of the whole congregation on that one goat. And then they would spank him and let him go into the wilderness. Okay. In the new Testament, there's two prisoners held captive at Pilate's judgment hall. And one of them is Jesus. And the other is Barabbas. Jesus, who is the son of, of God, the father and Barabbas, whose name means the son of the father. They're asked a question by the judgment. Uh, who should we let go? Uh, let's let go Barabbas. And so one son of the father leaves and the other son of the father remains. And they, the priests come, the Sanhedrin comes and they smite him and they lay their hands on him and they say blasphemer, liar drunkard adulterer they lay upon him the sins of the world as the priesthood and then barabbas wow. is let go free 
into where we know we know nothing about Barabbas after that day that they let him go. He just set free. But the one who remained, the son of the father, was sent to the cross. So that's that's I've had to like go search. Oh, there's and there's, there's even these little clues like Pilate washing his hands. The priest of the old covenant would wash their hands after being with the goat, <laughs> after dealing with the goat. They would wash their hands. The same situation. So that's what I'm talking about. Search. Like if we're talking to people on this podcast, like me and you here, just having this conversation, maybe we can provoke somebody to search for something. Yeah. Is that not like, like when I hear, oh my goodness, I've got an idea. I'm going to go find that. I'm going to go look for that. That's what it's about. That's what, that's what, that's what drives me. That's what gets me. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's. I've said it before, and it's just the whole Bible. You can look at every single thing in the Bible, and it just all points back to Jesus. All of it. And I heard somebody say the mm-hmm. other day how you look at like the um, uh, the Garden of Eden, how it was after uh, Adam and Eve were kicked out, and the thorn grew up, and everything like that. And then you take that to Jesus. What did they put on his head? before they took the, the crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you look at every single instance in the Bible and everything points back to Jesus and just down to, even you look at, take it a step further and all the prophecies in the old Testament down to the day he fulfilled every single prophecy. Yeah. And it's just, you look at this stuff and you're like, I got to get in. Like you said, it's, it's that hunger thing. Once you've had a little bit of a taste, it's like a little kid with eating a donut or something, you know, they get one bite and they want that whole thing, you know? And that's how, you know, that's what I love about scripture. You know, I get one, one bite of it. And then I'm like, okay, I got to find out more about this. And so I've got, you know, 15 different commentaries, a bunch of kids. Cause I'm like, I got to find out as much as I possibly can about Jesus. And the second that you do that, that's where your faith, becomes real to you and that's where that that um, um relationship with christ is truly developed because like it's like a relationship with my wife whenever me and her first got together i liked her but i wanted to find out as much as i possibly could about her and then that light grew to love and then right. it grew to i want to be with this person i want to know everything that i possibly can about this person it's the same way with your relationship with jesus like you, we all say, yeah, I love Jesus, but like, are you actually living that out? Are you pursuing that relationship right. with him? Are you pursuing that? I want to find out as much about Jesus as I possibly can. And when you are doing that, and, and I said this on my um, Good Friday episode, Good Friday and Easter really hit me harder this year than ever in my life. Because over the last two years plus, my develop my um, relationship with Jesus has been developed so much and so deep in in such a way that it's just like it, it it hit me hard, you know, because you think about it, all the things that I do, all the times that I take for granted, the grace and the love that he has for me and the times that I spit in his face. And then he says, I'm going to go lay down on a cross for you. I'm going to die for you. And to think too, he is literally the same as us when he, he is hundred percent God, he's hundred percent man, but his time on earth, uh, I think it's in Philippians, it's either in Ephesians or Philippians, it talks about how he emptied himself. You know, he's, he's emptied himself because I think it's Hebrews four fifteen talks about how um, the, the high priest suffered everything that we have or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but it's just like to, to, he had to completely be 100% man in order for the offering that he was giving, which was himself to be sufficient 
to be the full payment for our sins. Right. So it's just like, you think about those moments. And I think too, it's, it's getting a little bit bigger to me because I'll be 30 next year. And I think about how him him being the same age as me. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine Mm -hmm. going through all the things that he was going through. Like I get stressed out sitting in traffic and he's everywhere. He's turning when he is, is, Having this knowledge the whole time that I'm here to save you, I know that the end goal for me is to be on the cross. I'm still here healing people that are going to heal, crucify me. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So it's just such a heavy and a sobering thought to think of. Yeah. And there you're. You kind of get in. You got into something here. (laughs) So the. What did, what did he, what was he thinking about? For, I mean, we talk about Golgotha, uh, but let's go back to Gethsemane. What was he thinking about? Yeah. When, when he was asking the father, let this cup, if it's possible, let it pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So what was he thinking about? Like, like you're saying, like when he was raising Lazarus from the dead, why did he weep? What 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 was he thinking about? What was his mindset? Why were mm-hmm. why were some of the the conversations he had, um, like with Peter and the others? Like he said, "I'm you know in three days and three nights, I am going to rise again, but they're going to kill me." And they're like, "No, Lord, no, you're not not going to happen. You know, we're we're going to stand in the front of the, we're going to fight off the." The Romans were gonna we're gonna hold it back, and they're like, uh, "Get behind me, Satan!" Like the confusion of misunder being misunderstood, which I think we can all relate with. Yeah. But the confusion with that that he had to deal with, and not to, I mean, we deal with mental battles. Imagine what the Son of God had to deal with. I mean, the battle, which you mentioned, the thorns, and I like this. Everything mentioned at the crucifixion has to do with some form of redemption or healing in our own life. So Isaiah 53 mentions the, uh, it's prophecy, great prophecy. Anyway, uh, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was upon him. Uh, he received that. And of course by his stripes were healed, mm-hmm. but he received those things. So that, and uh, some people might disagree with me, but I honestly believe the Bible. Yeah, uh, it says uh, that it was for these things. It was wounded for us, bruised for us, chastised for us, so we could reap the benefits of what He did on the cross. But the crown of thorns, the stripes on His back, the reed beaten, the puncture in the side. Uh, the nails in his hands and his feet, and even the mocking of the inscription that they placed on the cross and the cross itself. All of these things uh, can be linked back to prophecy, of course, but can be linked to something that we have to deal with on a daily basis. And it's uh, the the thorns uh, that could be, you could deal with migraines. Mm. uh, You could deal with, Mental issues that could be that could be depression, that could be bipolar disorder, that could be anything. 
all these things. But it says by his stripes we were healed. 39 stripes saved one. Or 40, 40 stripes saved one, so it's 39. But uh, Cat of Nine Tails had nine lashes on it. And do the math, however many stripes that is. One per disease. Uh, I've read at some point that there were that many known diseases at the time. There were 39 major diseases in the earth at the first century here. Well, 39 times nine, you know, that's a multiplicity of the whole thing. But just imagine everything's covered in this. It's all covered in this. Everything from inside issues to health issues, soul issues, spiritual things, uh, abandonment issues. He said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm. Everything that we deal with and that people do deal with on a daily basis, no matter what century you're from, no matter what generation you're of, no matter what year you live in or your ethnicity, you've dealt with something that was dealt with at the cross. Yeah. So all of that, and that is just how good God is. And to think about this, and we, we say this, but do you really think about this? If the cross was not enough to deal with whatever specifically your problem is, your problem may be that you have an addiction. Your problem may be that you're insecure about things. Your problem may be that you get embarrassed easily. Your problem may be uh, health. You may not have a good immune system. Your problem may be something else. Whatever it is, it was dealt with at the cross because all the things that he went through, he went through, that was the price. Yes, he dealt with our sin. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He prayed, He took our sin. That's it. But the benefits, there's, according to the scriptures, there are things that accompany salvation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the name, here's, here's the nugget of the day. I don't know how much time we got, but uh, no, we're good. here's we're good. the nugget of the day. Okay, here's the nugget of the day. The name Jesus or Yeshua, or in the Old Testament, Joshua, is the name, the name of that, that Hebrew name means Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. So everywhere you look in the Old Testament where the word salvation or saved is, you will find the name of Yeshua, the name Jesus there under that. So when David says the Lord is my light and my salvation, he was literally speaking of Jesus. So today we look at Jesus. He was not just a prophet. He was not just a good man. You know, he wasn't just a good revolutionary character in history. He was the thing that's going to save you out of whatever problem you're in right now. He was, he is the God man, the only mediator between God and man, the only one able to bridge the gap, which is like what we're talking about between hell and paradise. The only one that could bridge that gap was Jesus. And I'm like, uh, this idea, and I don't want to open up a can of worms. But this idea that we have to, that we ourselves have to add to what he did in order for our lives to be victorious 
the religiosity of it all, where it becomes a, a form and a fashion of religion, where it's not based upon what he did at the cross. I, I'm, I'm opposing that. I'm coming against that because that destroys everything that my Jesus did for me. Everything he did for me can be taken away. The Bible says this. Jesus told the Pharisees this. He said, your traditions and what you're telling people to put to do and the rituals and things, you're, what you're saying is making my word not work. Hmm. It's making my word not work. And that was before the cross. So just hmm. imagine when we say, okay, here's the cross. That everything that we deal with is covered in the cross. Everything. We start adding to and people start putting their trust in what some other idea may say. I know it's radical. It's radical to say um, I'm dealing with something in my life. And the only thing that can fix it is Jesus. That's radical. But it's the truth. But that's what that's what this early church believed. They were not trusting in the rituals of the Pharisees anymore. They were not trusting in the, the Judy Judaizers or whatever. They were trusting in what Jesus performed on the cross. And that's that's how radical I feel about it. We've got yeah. to get back to that. And I feel like my calling it for at this moment in time to call the body of Christ back to telling people that the cross is it. The cross is it. There's nothing else but the cross can get you out of the mess you're in. We're looking at all this stuff for people to come from all directions they're, they're trying to give us these different philosophies and of man, and that's, and that's fine. Whatever you want to do with that. But if it doesn't give glory to the cross, like Apostle Paul, he said, I glory in nothing but the cross. Nothing but the cross. I don't know anything but this. And that's what we've been talking about here. From Genesis to Revelation, all of our Bible knowledge, all of our studying, like I guarantee you, every night you get down and read, you see Jesus. Mm-hmm. You see something pointing to Something alluding to something that's showing shadowing or foreshadowing Jesus. And that's we've got to get that radical again. Like I know I get I get kind of worked up about it, but Jesus is it. We're not looking for another one. That's right. It's him. So yeah. we, go, we go back to the cross. That's why the the uh, commercialization of like Easter, you know, like we we just dealt with this holiday here, the commercialization and so many, especially kids that don't even know why we do what we do. You know, it's great. You do some of the things you do. You want to have egg hunts or, you know, you know, get your picture taken with the Easter money. It's fine. But are you going to find Jesus in anything? Like, I want to, I want us to get back to the place where we talk about the blood, the cross, and the empty tomb, where that's what we talk about. To work, like you go to a church service or a lot of these ministries online, like me and you here, mm-hmm. where we are talking about the blood atonement. We're talking about sin is a, a stain on our soul that we can't scrub off ourselves. And where we talk about it's the what he did. Now we uh, <laughs> listen to this. Okay, this this this, this is crazy. So. Jesus, how many times have you heard people say Jesus is our example? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. A lot. Yeah. People say it all the time. Yes, I would agree. Except he was the example of what you could never achieve. 
And that's not a shame on us. That's simply a truth. Mm -hmm. Our flesh is found no good thing. That's why he had to pay that price. We can't pay that price. So many people today, they go through things and they're constantly talking about how, you know, they made mistakes in their past or maybe even in their Christian walk, they've slipped up and made mistakes. They've sinned. They've had issues, maybe dealt with addictions, maybe things like that. And they just have cycles in their life. They can't get past them. And they say, well, you know, the reason I'm dealing with this problem right now is because I'm paying for the mistakes I made in my past. Well, that's that is a slap in the face of the cross. Absolutely. Because the reason is not because Jesus showed you what you couldn't be because you never will be it and you can't change anything about your life. He was doing it. He that knew no sin became our sin that we could become his righteousness, not in action necessarily, but in representation. We are justified in his eyes, in the eyes of almighty God. And we are not, we're not ashamed. We can boldly approach the throne of grace. That's why first John, I, I go to that one. If we do sin, we have an advocate. That's a lawyer. That's somebody that's pleading our case, an intercessor, the man Christ Jesus that bridges that gap. But so the, the crazy part is there's no excuse for anyone to go to hell. That's right. We don't have yeah. to. I mean, we, we really don't have to. And, you know, the heart of, if you want to call it evangelism, soul winning, whatever you want to call it, the heart of that is convincing an individual of the love of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And for people to condense that down to just, oh, he was a prophet or he had some revolutionary ideas or he was a good man or we endorse his teachings is so watering down of the principles of what happened at the cross. Yeah. Because it was from the cross. It, I feel God. It was from the cross. It was from the cross that the whole entire world was changed in a matter of just a few years. Rome was overthrown because of the cross. When we think about that, the fall of the Roman Empire had nothing to do with a political agenda. It was everything to do with the kingdom that invaded from within, and it was called the kingdom of God, and it's still invading kingdoms every single day. And what I'm looking at right now going on is when we as this young generation that's raising up, if we will get radical about the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the coming again Savior of the world, we could change this whole entire world in just a few years if Absolutely. we could get radical about it. Yep. But we're going to have to learn how to walk in the love of God and be recipients of what he did at the cross. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a big part of that, too, is and I've said it before on here, but it, it's just something that I feel like it needs to be repeated. It's just the the downplaying in the church of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, whenever I leave, I'm, it's better for you that I leave. Because what his basically his whole time on earth, he was constantly people trying to kill him. His whole time on earth, even when he was mm -hmm. born, Herod sends out to kill all the babies, right? So from the time he's born, yeah. he's his life is threatened. So Jesus says, you know, I know that as long as I'm here, people are just going to be trying to kill me. 
it's going to be better for you that I leave. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to indwell inside of you greater things you will do than even I have done. And we have lost that. And I look at all these things right now and I've almost become on the edge of I think and I was talking to my mom about this the other day. I feel like I'm, I'm almost coming just in the way that I've read, read scripture and the things that I am seeing in the world. I've almost become a little bit extreme when it comes to dominion. Because I, I look at dominion and I look at, you look in Genesis, G, God created man. And he said in Genesis, I think it's 126, where he says, I've created male and female in my own image, be fruitful, multiply, and uh, subdue the earth and have dominion. If you look in Psalms, mm-hmm. uh, Psalms chapter 8, verse 3, it talks about what is man that you are mindful of him, yet you have made him a little bit lower than the heavenly beings and have given yeah. you dominion mm-hmm. over the work of your hands. And I look at all these things, and like you touched on a minute ago, some of them might be struggling with depression or somebody might be struggling with mental health. It all goes back yeah. to dominion. I truly believe that because you look at what Satan's trying to do. He's questioned God, he's questioned us from the beginning of time. What is the first thing that he does when he's introduced into the Bible? He asks Eve, did God really say this? Did God really? He's questioning God right off the bat. And he has done that the whole time, tried to get us, the church, to where we are even questioning every single thing and not understanding we have rightfully been given dominion going back to the cross. Even from the beginning of time, you search through through scripture, there's so many references that say before the foundation of the earth were laid. Well, what does that mean? That means this was a plan before everything was even created. This it's just us. It's already there just for us to walk in it. Satan just doesn't want us to realize the power and the authority that we rightfully have through the blood. Like you said, through the blood of Jesus on the cross, he didn't just die for us to accept him into our heart and to go to heaven and then just chill out until We die. No, it's to bring heaven to earth. It's to show the power, you know, because there is. And I talked with a guy about this the other day, and he was saying that I can't remember where it was. I believe it's in the book of John where Jesus could not do any miracles in that town. He had to leave because nobody believed. We're not seeing some of these things that we can be seeing done in the world because there's so many people that downplay the Holy Spirit, downplay the power of God. We talk about how much we love God. We talk about how much we love Jesus, but you rarely hear much about the Holy Spirit. At least that's what that's what I'm seeing. And and it just goes back to that dominion factor. When we understand the power and the authority that we have and we establish dominion on this earth. That is when we're doing something. That's when we're walking in the authority that has been rightfully given to us because of the price Jesus paid on the cross.